0: changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and
1: Rex. All right, welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we had the pleasure of interviewing Itazo from Lero Primates. They have a rehabilitation center for uh, chimpanzees and a ton of different species of monkeys that they're helping in the Congo. And it was um, piggybacking off of our last interview where we interviewed the gorilla doctors and they actually work in conjunction together. So these two organizations are really making a huge difference in that area, especially for all the primates that uh, inhabit those us. yeah
0: little did we know that this was going to be primate week but we were able to get these back-to-back <laughs> interviews and just sometimes it's funny how that works out you know we had a great interview with gorilla doctors and then just happened to come across little primates and then reached out to them and was like hey you know we'd love to connect with you guys we had no idea that they work in conjunction with gorilla doctors so it was right. a great transition for uh, these two interviews but you know what they're doing is so incredible i mean they're they're literally people are poaching chimpanzees and monkeys sometimes to eat. And if they're babies, then they'll take them and sell them. And they are recovering with law enforcement, recovering these baby chimpanzees and baby monkeys who are just traumatized, possibly disease-ridden from human interaction, um, injured, and they're taking them to this rehabilitation center and giving them basically a second chance on life. Um, Mitazo even shared kind of what happens sometimes when People think that they can have primates as pets, you know, because you're like, hey, I want to have a chimpanzee as my pet. Well, she's like, they get big and they're strong. And what happens is they end up living in a basement or tied to a rope. And that's not never the life that they're supposed to have. So they're saving, you know, hundreds of, of these primates and they're such an amazing species.
1: Yeah. And really when you go to, you know, their Facebook or their Instagram, uh, you can, you know, get a better feeling for all the different species that they're able to help. But gosh, especially with primates, you just see these creatures and they have such great expressions. It just really allows you to attach to these, These uh, even the pictures, you know, I, gosh, I can't even imagine what it'd be like for them uh, in person. So they're doing some awesome work. And I know anyone out there that loves animals will definitely love this episode.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Once again, if you like what you're hearing with this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. That helps our numbers out. Give us a review if you like it as well. And as we always say, you know, if you're doing something amazing in this world uh, and you're listening to this podcast, man, hit us up. Email us at info at com, and we'll see if we can schedule you to interview you on here as well. So with that, enjoy the episode. All right, Itazo, how are you doing today? We are super excited to have you on the podcast and share a little bit about the Lido Primates Rehabilitation Center. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thanks to you for, yeah, it is yeah. Not the possibility to talk about the center.
0: Yeah, we're excited, um, especially because we had just interviewed um, gorilla doctors right before this. And so now I guess it's like primate uh, primate month, right. you know, yeah. so we have multiple it was, just, it was just such a good backup to be able to get you guys on here. And you guys work in conjunction with them a little bit, but tell us more about Lido Primates Rehabilitation Center and what it is that you guys do.
2: Yeah, so we take care of orphans of uh, poaching and uh, pet trade. So we we are a primate-focused uh, sanctuary, but we also take care of other wildlife, uh, like parrots or other small animals who need help.
1: And when did you guys get started? Say again. How, how long have you guys been in operation for?
2: Yes, yeah, so the center was created in 2002 by two Congolese institutions. So it's actually a Congolese initiative. But the, uh, the Spanish NGO who is uh, giving economical and technical support arrived in 2006 and i'm here since 2014 so oh. 6 years now
0: nice and just so all the listeners are caught up exactly uh where you are at you are in the dominican republic or dominican republic of the congo correct democratic republic of congo
2: yeah, yeah. democratic republic of congo uh, in south kivu is the east of the country uh, the border with rwanda
0: Nice. And so one of the big things that you guys do, I love reading about your story is helping out orphan primates. So tell us a little bit more about I, what is an orphan primate and um a little bit more about poachers and how that wh- whole situation works of what you guys do at the rehabilitation center.
2: Yeah, so they see they see like um uh, well, there is a a meat. A problem in in Congo, so the the hunters the poachers kill the adults for it, and oh. then if they found a baby next to the adults they have killed, then they try to sell the baby as they think they will maybe make a bit more money by selling them alive than eating them
1: Wow. Well, I had no idea that people were doing it for food.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> actually, it's not like other kind of poaching where, for example, the rhinos or the elephants where poachers are doing it for use money and they are very well equip, equip, equipped and here is more the poverty and actually the poachers are very poor. So they, I'm not justifying, but it's hard to... Yeah, it's hard to imagine when you are hungry or your kids are hungry and you need right. to eat something. So they basically eat anything they could find.
0: Wow. And and the babies, you said that though, if they see a baby, they say, hey, this is too, not enough meat or whatnot, but they can sell it in the open market. Are you talking about exporting these primates outside of the Congo into like Europe or America or places like that?
2: Yeah, so we suspect there is a, a traffic outside Congo. Like uh, you might have heard about uh, chimpanzees being trafficked to China for zoos or as pets. Mm. But uh, as far as we know, the DRC poachers are not so well connected with this uh, kind of webs. These chimpanzees are mostly coming from West Africa countries.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like at least where you guys are located, and most of the poachers are just doing it strictly out of necessity to eat rather than uh, a second desire, like you said, with rhinos or something like that to make money off of it.
2: Exactly, yeah. So poachers can sell uh, the here. They could sell the chimpanzee for $5, $10. So they they are not really making much money uh, from them.
1: And, and besides the chimpanzees, there's other primates as well
2: yeah. so yeah we take care now of 13 to, uh, 13 species of monkeys and then the chimpanzees uh, the monkeys is more for bushmeat meat and then if they keep the baby they keep it for that they will grow and then eat it when they are adults but the the chimpanzees is more yeah, if they found the baby, they, they could probably sell it for a bit more money than a monkey.
1: Gotcha.
0: And we had learned with our interview with gorilla doctors about snares for catching these monkeys and gorillas. Is that kind of the same style of the poachers are using? Or are they using weapons like guns or um, arrows, arrows or anything yeah. like that?
2: Yeah, so it's true that uh, some of the teams of some of the monkeys uh, fell in uh, snares, who were actually put for other animals, as antelopes. So the snares are not uh, are, are not targeting uh, monkeys, but it's true we have a chimpanzee who is missing a, a hand, uh, uh, several monkeys who are missing legs or arms because of the snares, um. but. When they go specifically to uh, kill the chimpanzees, uh, they go with uh, arms, with weapons and dogs.
1: Mm. Wow. How many chimpanzees do you guys currently uh, house? 91. Wow. 91. Let's talk a little bit more about that, about the
0: rehabilitation center, um, how you recover like the chimpanzees or any of the monkeys. And then what do you guys do at the facility to take care of them?
2: Yes, yeah, so as you can imagine, when they arrive, they are totally traumatized. Uh, they have seen how their mother was killed. And uh, basically, they, they take them away from their mother's body. And uh, both monkeys and, and chimpanzees are, are very smart animals, so they can remember perfectly what happened. So when they arrive here, uh, first of all, psychologically, yeah, they are very sad and traumatized. And then uh, depending on the time that they have spent with the poachers, they can also arrive with sickness or malnourished, uh, dehydrated. So they arrive in very bad conditions. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we need to win their trust. Some of them, depending on the personality and on the experience, some of them will arrive yeah, like more trustful. And for others will take more time and uh, basically is yeah make them feel safe again and provide them with uh, a lot of love and food and all the veterinary care that they need
0: yeah initially a lot of times do they arrive angry towards humans or more just scared and timid
2: because When they arrive, we have very few cases when they arrive as adults. And that is because someone keeps them in their houses. Usually the chimps and the monkeys, the chimps arrive with two, three years old. So they need, they are willing to, to trust you and they need you. So you need to think that the chimpanzees are with their mom until they are about six years old. And they really need that. That care, so yeah. they they really want you to you know like that that in that love, yeah
0: have you noticed like when you bring a baby into the rehabilitation center, is there other do you have adult like mother chimpanzees that kind of take the new babies in as if their own and care for them?
2: So for the monkeys, we do that, uh, we find a, a surrogate mother. Especially for us, baboons are very good at it. But for chimpanzees, I know some places who has done it with very special females. But for us, I need to be honest, I'm a bit uh, scared of just letting a baby in a group of chimpanzees. Mm. Like, uh, we, we wait a bit until they get uh, a bit uh, stronger and older. And then it's when we integrate them in a group.
1: And do all the chimpanzees generally uh, cor- corrugate in the same uh, area, or are they separated uh, other than by age?
2: We have uh, four groups okay. of chimpanzees. Yeah, and in the like, for example, Pori Pori means forest in Swahili. Uh, they are uh, is a group of thirty-three chimpanzees. And actually there are two babies who has been born in that group and they are okay. They, yeah, they are part of the family.
0: You had mentioned also it's interesting because, you know, we we talked about similar once again with gorilla doctors of the problem with human interaction with the monkeys because humans carry diseases that the monkeys aren't exposed to, but our genetic code is so similar. When you bring in, let's say a baboon or, or a chimpanzee into the, the sanctuary do you kind of keep them in quarantine for a little bit if you feel that they have any sort of possible disease from the poachers
2: yeah exactly we do a quarantine where the vets take all the samples they need to to check if they are okay if they have a, a big sickness and yeah they do a, a separate quarantine what we try to do is that if for example we have a baby who arrived two months ago who is in quarantine, then the new baby will go with the old baby. Because for chimpanzees, it's very important to be with other chimpanzees to recover psychologically. So it's a balance between psychological and uh, physical sides.
1: Wow. How old uh, can chimpanzees live?
2: Well, uh, there have been cases in captivity where they have reached 70 years old. Oh, but wow. usually in yeah, usually in the wild, it's forty-five years old.
1: Wow! And what about uh, baboons or some of the other primates?
2: Yeah, it depends. Some of them thirty, forty, a bit less. Yeah.
1: Okay, gotcha. Wow.
0: So I have a uh, just to kind of lay out the the scene for everyone who's listening here. You know, there's there's the the primates in the wild. There's a poacher comes in, possibly kills the mother to eat the food. Takes the baby and now has the baby, like maybe in some hut. What's the recovery process look like? Are you working directly with the Congolese police or authorities as well to recover the baby and then bring it to the facility?
2: Yes, yeah, so we don't have the the competence to do law enforcement. So we always have to work with the Congolese authorities. Usually it's the ICCN, Institut Congolese pour la Conservation de la Nature, who is the wildlife authority in Congo. And uh, it depends of the case. Sometimes they are themselves who find the the chimpanzee on or, or the monkey, and sometimes it's someone who calls a partner or someone who knows that we exist and they call us saying there is a chimpanzee here, and usually yeah we we help uh, ICCN to do the confiscation and to transport the the primate here to the center.
0: And is it. Could it be dangerous doing that?
2: It depends also. Like uh, sometimes, the, especially the monkeys, a lot of times they are in the hands of rebels. Uh, that's a big issue here too because uh, the rebel groups are uh, living in the forest. So they eat whatever they they find. And uh, yeah, lots of times uh, the ICC and the Wildlife Authority need to confront the, the rebels.
1: And is the forest, uh, for the most part, like a protected forest? Like where they don't allow hunting? or?
2: So there are national parks, there are reserves that are protected, but uh, <laughs> we are in Congo. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, also lots of minerals are in those parks. So for example, here in Viega they have gold, coltan, cassiterite. So... Yeah, is there is also a lot of illegal mining.
1: Mining, gotcha. Um,
2: yeah, but, and also yeah, again, like those people, the the who are doing the mining, they are very bad paid, and in very bad conditions. Yeah, you have here the conditions they are living, and um, of, and as the same that they they hunt because they need to eat. <laughs> yeah. So is. A complex problem here in Congo. It's not easy. It's not black and white. It's not they are the the guilties and uh, so
0: question two. In the sanctuary, do the monkeys coexist together or are they all separated? Like, you know, the uh, I see you have yellow baboon, olive baboon, you know, braza monkey, all these different types of monkeys, do they all kind of live together in a large sanctuary or do you keep them separate or do you just keep the chimpanzees separate from the other monkeys how does the sanctuary look from a logistics standpoint
2: yeah so uh so the chimpanzees are separated from the monkeys because as you might know also the chimpanzees can hunt monkeys yeah they are they eat some uh, percentage of uh, meat in their diet.
1: No, I and then the that.
2: monkeys, some of them as, as same as in the wild, they can live together. They are okay. But, uh, so we have different enclosures and, uh, for example, the red tail monkeys living with the mona monkey. And, uh, yeah, we have a mix in some, in some enclosure, we have a mix, but the chimpanzees are apart from the monkeys. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's cool. And is there, I thought I read on your guys' website also, um, do you allow visitors to come to the sanctuary like a tourist type of program
2: yeah one of our main uh, objectives is to sensitize the population so we do awareness tours for the congolese and also for the expats who are living here in congo Mm -hmm. because sometimes you find the the expats who are, for example, working for an NGO. They found a monkey in, uh, on the road in bad conditions and they, they buy it. Mm-hmm. And you cannot do that because then you are just encouraging the, the poachers to go and bring another monkey. So yeah. we th- we try to create awareness. And uh, last year, for example, we had uh, 4,800 visitors. So for us, it's wow. a very important part of our job.
0: Yeah, that's great that you said that because I could only imagine. Let's, you know, if I was there and I saw this, you know, this red tailed monkey that was just in terrible condition, I would consider, well, I'm just going to buy this and take it over to the rehabilitation center and give it to you guys. But the thing that you're saying, which is so true, is that even though I might have good intentions, the problem is is that poacher realizes they just got some money and they just keep doing that and it encourages them to continue doing that.
2: Yeah, exactly. You are right, and I totally understand that situation. But uh, you cannot do that because you are just promoting the poachers, and uh, so then you need to call the uh, the rehabilitation center who is in that country or the authorities, uh, the police. I know it's not easy because these countries, well, police, you know. But uh, you cannot never buy the the animals, the wild animals.
0: Yeah, that's good to know, and it's probably true for most places in the world too. If you came across that same situation, whether it was a monkey or you were in Australia and it was a you know a different type of animal, that you know it's never exactly. good to buy it as a even though you have good intentions, you know find the rehabilitation yeah. center of the authorities.
2: Exactly. Yeah, totally right. And it's crazy because some people still want to have a primate. Or, yeah, I'm talking about primates as pets. But they don't realize what it means to have a, a primate in their house, especially chimpanzees, who become so strong. And at the end, they end up uh, attached to a to a rope or in a small cages. And most of them, they end up euthanas because people don't know how to how how to manage the animal when they get uh, adults.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Is there, um, I would imagine, uh, your guys' overhead to run this organization has got to be huge. Uh, what's the the best uh, format that you guys are currently receiving funds? Is it from donations or is it from other organizations? How does that work?
2: So we have uh, grants all, uh, from uh, several organizations who help us, for example, building a enclosure for the animals. But the, the last years the the donations are very are been a, a very important part of our running costs. Let's say the to buy food for the animals, to pay the workers, and people are helping us a lot with that part.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's great. I think donating donations are so important. You can actually go right to their website, um, Liro Primates, L W I R O primates, P-R-I-M-A-T-E-S dot Oregon, right at the top, there's a donate button. You can choose your amount. It's directly linked to PayPal. Um, just to paint, also paint a picture for the listeners. What would, what would it look like if the rehabilitation center wasn't there? What would happen to so many of these, these monkeys and these chimpanzees? Yeah, actually for me is
2: what's keeps me here working that I know I'm saving the life of Bonita or the life of Usiriki or the life you know that each of them so we are the only hope actually we are the only center in Congo who are accepting all kind of primates and other animals in need and we know we are changing the life of those individuals that we can save.
1: Yeah. Do you guys ever release animals back into the wild? Is that a, a, a thing or no?
2: We are working on it. It's a complicated uh, process, especially because we need to find a safe area where there is no people living there. And um, so we are we are working on it. We need to do some studies, and that is our our objective: to release a, a big community of of chimpanzees in a safe forest.
0: And how? Big approximately is the sanctuary like like is there a point where you're gonna run out of room soon as you keep bringing more in and
2: yeah exactly that's one of our problems the space we have about 12 hectares and uh, yeah like for example for chimpanzees we don't have more space to build big enclosures so okay. no
0: yeah so for people in, in that in the U S 12 hectares is about just almost 30 acres. And that might seem like a lot for what you would look like if you had a house there, but the amount of space that, you know, these monkeys and chimpanzees need is, is a pretty large space for them to be able to live like they do in the wild.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's never enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I love how you have on the website here, um, especially with the chimps, you can click on their pictures, um, and it has, you know, their name on there. You can really personalize, personalize these, these, uh, these guys for when you're going through the website. I love that.
2: Yeah. They are amazing. Each of them has different personalities and you really get to know them pretty fast because how close we are a uh, human with chimpanzees. So it's a special connection you do with them.
0: Yeah. That brings me to the point I was going to ask, what's your, if you had to say like, what's your What's your favorite part of the day? Like what what's your favorite is it is it going out and seeing them for the first time of the day? Is it after they eat or something? What's your favorite part of the day and in interacting with them?
2: Yeah, I guess for me it's when they start laughing for the first time mm-hmm. because when they arrive, usually they don't laugh. And
1: mm-hmm. then
2: after sometimes after a month, sometimes even more, when they start laughing and playing is when you see when you see that yeah you you got it this is, nice. yes
1: i bet I bet you that's great yeah. that is awesome how many how many people are working or volunteering for the center?
2: We have fifty five Congolese workers right now, and then we are four expats
0: okay okay, great and then do you work with guerrilla doctors for your veterinary care? Is that the connection between the two organizations
2: yeah exactly they are helping us. In the vet who is here uh, like full time, Mm -hmm. Luis Flores is one of the experts I was telling. And but he's not only doing the the vet the vet care of the animals, he's also uh, doing some projects of one health. So he's looking to ways to diagnose better the tuberculosis, for example, both in chimpanzees and in people. And he's also doing a very important job in capacity building. He's training Congolese vets to be a wildlife veterinarian.
0: Oh, that's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, question two, when we talk about if somebody, you know, wanted to visit the sanctuary, how do they do that? Do they just go to the contact form on your website? And then is there a fee associated with that? Is there a donation? How does that work for people to visit?
2: Yes, yeah, so we usually ask thirty dollars for uh, like a donation uh, all the money who came from visitors goes directly to the care of the animals and uh, we do one hour tour more or less where we explain the problematic and the, where they are they come from the stories of the different animals, but also like ecology and uh, different kind of information
0: about the species. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome Thank you. Um. So yeah. So I was gonna. I was gonna ask that too. As far as with that showing up on site, um, I gotta imagine it's it's gotta be such an incredible experience because it's not like you know in the U.S. or or Europe a lot of times we're used to going to a zoo. I mean, you get to see these animals, the monkeys in their wild and interacting how they should, and and you know just knowing that you can really be such a good support. To them, Um, The question I did want to ask, though, too, was, you know, for us in the U.S., you know, you might think, oh, yeah, $20 probably isn't that much of a difference that it'll make for them. Can you kind of help some of the viewers or listeners wrap their mind around what $20 or $50 can do for helping out the rehabilitation center?
2: Yes. So, for example, from the visitors enters, we we arrived to cover half of the food for one year. So it's quite a lot of help for us.
0: Well wow. how much how much money was that you said?
2: Half of the cost of the food for one year.
0: And that's fifty dollars? No, that's from the visitors, right? Oh, from the visitors, the thirty dollars.
2: Yeah. yeah. So wow. for example, in bananas, we are uh, we are spending now about fifty dollars per week for bananas. Wow.
1: And that's so, US dollars.
2: Yeah, US okay. dollars.
0: Is it have you is it possible to um are you and you guys the bananas grow there locally that you 're getting or are you having to outsource them in
2: exactly We buy all the food from local farmers, so it's also a way for them to see the benefits of conservation and the benefits of having the rehabilitation center here in Luiro
0: nice a question like just in generality for the Congolese people are is there a affection with for not I mean I'm not not talking about the poachers but just your average people are they is there an affection with with the primates with the chimpanzees and the monkeys you know do they feel connected to them that they feel like it's their duty to also help support them
2: Yeah actually our workers they are amazing with them they have like a special connection like I don't know like something with them and they understand each other very well and uh, in general I like population, I will say that they don't know them very much. They, it's difficult for them also. Like not the people in Lugo because they are used to see them, mm-hmm. but maybe people from the city, I will say they are more scared of them than than yeah than yeah. other.
1: Back to a question on the bananas is I, I think everyone out there assumes that. Monkeys just eat bananas. Is that their main staple or <laughs> their, what, what else are they eating yeah. besides bananas?
2: Yeah, no, they eat, uh, it depends on, on the season. We, we have mangoes, pineapple, uh, avocados, and then uh, tomatoes. Yeah, different kind of fruits and also okay. vegetables and uh, beans, corn, soya. We do um, a porridge. You say like it's the same that they use for malnourished kids, to mm. to give them uh, protein.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask you. You mentioned how sometimes the chimpanzees will eat meat. Do most of the monkeys are they on a more of a vegetarian diet, or do they actually eat you know smaller uh, animals?
2: Yeah. Again, depending on the species, but the, most of them have a percentage of a small a small um, vertebrates like lizards mm-hmm. and. X. so we try to give them uh, eggs egg, uh, so they can have some animal protein
0: yeah yeah wow well you go ahead rex
1: no yeah, yeah i was just gonna say very i just love what you guys are doing and for people out there that are listening you know it seems like uh you know a, a donation can go a long way so anyone that um, you know, wants to contribute. You know, you your money goes a long way when you're donating to an organization like this.
2: Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Itazo, really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk more about the the rehabilitation center. What you guys are doing is so important. You know, like we touched on in the interview, it's if you weren't there, um, there's a lot of a lot of chimpanzees and monkeys that wouldn't wouldn't be surviving and wouldn't be living. And so you guys are making such a difference for just incredible. Number of species in this world, and we really appreciate what you're doing there
2: thank you so much,, hey, again, thank you for giving yeah. us the opportunity to talk about it and talk about the issue and yeah, absolutely Thanks.
1: and for people out there that are listening, besides your guys's website, what's another way people that can you know contact you or find you, whether uh on instagram or facebook what what are those
2: yeah, so it's Ri how you call that line under
1: underscore maybe yeah oh yeah
0: Little
2: underscore uh, primates in both instagram and facebook
1: okay great we'll, we'll put them. Yeah.
0: yeah and amazing um instagram thank handle and facebook too i mean it's just awesome amazing pictures of chimpanzees and monkeys i mean how could you not love yeah. checking this out in your feed it's amazing
2: thank you uh, it's cutting now <laughs> i cannot hear everything
0: Do you have somebody on site that's a photographer, or you go out there taking a lot of the pictures?
2: Ah, well, most uh, we have some photographers coming from time to time, and then it's mostly me who is taking the pictures. Yeah, the great pictures. I mean, (laughs) I'm
0: looking at what I hear of this cool uh, chimpanzee. I believe just like they're just lounging on a on a tree, like almost like it's a hammock. Like, yeah, just really cool pictures. Yeah, definitely check out the. The, the Instagram page. One, like a cool action shot of him just kind of swinging from the trees with his hand out, like reaching out for reaching out right at the camera. It's a lot of cool pictures.
2: Yeah. There are some of them who likes the cameras and some other than they don't even want, like yeah. they oh, try to shy. take a picture for example from Santal. she will just like, yeah, go and yeah, some of them are shy on the camera. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that's, that's great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us. And uh, thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing as well.
2: Thank you to you. Thanks.
1: If you like today's episode, you can find more information at com, And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.